The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. And hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond IGN's weekly PlayStation show covering all the latest and greatest and cats in the world of PlayStation. Yes, we have a lot of exciting cat gameplay to talk about this week. Uh, But before we get to that and before we get to my lovely panel, I do want to let you know that IGN is going to be back at Comic-Con in person this year. We're going to be doing a live show at Comic-Con. If you're listening to this show the week it comes out, well, good news, you can tune into that very live show because Comic-Con is going on from July 20th. That is the correct month. I had to double check what J month it was. July 20th to July 24th, uh, we'll be covering the show there. All the biggest news about the newest games, movies, TV shows, comics, of course, and everything else from the show floor. We're going to be covering it across all of IGN, and you can tune into our live show on Friday and Saturday, July 22nd and July 23rd. Uh, It'll be streaming across all IGN platforms and such, so head to IGN.com, YouTube, all of our social platforms to stay up to date on all of the latest news. We have a whole big team covering the show uh, as everything goes on, all the big new panels all the big uh, Apple TV shows that I'm sure will be there that we've discussed on this show previously, so it kind of counts to to your interest. Uh, but yeah, tune in. A lot of effort goes into to all the coverage for that show, and it's made by a wonderful team over here at IGN doing all that coverage. So please go check it out all through this weekend. Uh, with, with that said, though, let's jump in to this week. I'm joined by Mark Medina. Happy Jeptember, Jonathan Jornbush. Yep. The fourth J month. You actually had it wrong. You said July. You meant Jeptember. I did. That comes right before Joyotathon, I believe. Here, yep. Yep. Also, I love I love when we have people on. You're going to introduce them in a second, Tom. Uh-huh. I love when we have people you on that aren't. You just introduced them. Yeah, I already did it. And we're here. We're joined by Tom Marks uh, that aren't here very often, and they don't realize that this is actually an Apple TV Plus podcast now nothing to do with playstation so i did miss sorry that. tom i, I have yeah. missed that in the interim so uh, that's the cool. big change let's talk it's, about severance <laughs> oh we did You've we did right for place, like sorry. two straight months <laughs> <laughs> we're also joined this week by jada griffin jada hello hello i'm i'm just waiting for jovember to get here because that's when you know another big game's gonna come out you know that's that's uh, that's what we're waiting for right jot of jar Jack Narok. Yeah, I believe that's the one <laughs> yes. we're waiting for. It's getting out of control. Uh, Jovember <laughs> jo- is also the month of our uh, co-worker's birth, Jobert. And that isn't a mistaken name. That's just Jobert's name. I'm not I'm nope. not changing any letter there. It's anyway, birthday. Nice. 
Uh, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll get to those celebrations soon enough, because uh, the, the, the days move quickly these days, I find. Uh, but anyway, we're also joined this week as Mark Ruined, as a surprise mm-hmm. for the audio mm-hmm. listeners, by Tom Marks. Tom, good to see you. I, I said anything I was going to say before, so I, I don't have anything to say now. <laughs> he, just, he didn't prepare a second <laughs> intro. <laughs> no. Tom, always have a second, a third, a fourth intro, a house reference to throw in there. Yeah. You know, you got to have everything. Is that uh, on Apple TV Plus now? I wish. Then, man, this would just become like an episode to take your time. But that's not <laughs> what it is. It's an episode of Podcast Beyond, and we have a bit to talk about. Obviously, we're going to be talking about Stray which is out this week. If you're listening to the show, it should be out already. If you're a PlayStation Plus extra or premium subscriber, you get it at no extra cost as part of just sort of the monthly lineup of games. Otherwise, you can buy it there or on PC. Uh, We're going to be talking about our impressions of it as Tom was the reviewer of it. But before we get there, I want to cover just some briefly uh, the PlayStation news, uh, both from the end of last week and earlier this week. Uh, that has occurred for reference. We're recording this show a day earlier than we normally do. So if any other big PlayStation news drops on Wednesday morning, apologies, we'll get to it. We're screwed. Yeah, we're just going <laughs> to delete over. this episode. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about the news that did happen in between. Uh, first off, uh, some news that broke pretty much right after we recorded last week's show uh, is the announcement of PlayStation Stars, which is a new loyalty program. Uh, these uh, words that I'm about to read come directly from the PlayStation blog, so that's why it's in first person. Right, from Shuhei uh, himself. <laughs> Shuhei wrote all of these words. Uh, I'm pleased to... Re- he did not. Uh, but hello, Shuhei. Uh, the PlayStation blog report said, I'm pleased to reveal PlayStation Stars, a brand new loyalty program that celebrates you, the player, for being on this ever-growing gaming journey with us. PlayStation Stars will be free to join when it launches later this year. Once you become a member, you'll earn rewards by completing a variety of campaigns and activities. Our monthly check-in campaign simply requires you to play any game to receive an award, while other campaigns require you to win tournaments, earn specific trophies, or even be the first player to platinum a blockbuster title in your local time zone. Uh, You'll be able to earn loyalty points that can be redeemed for things like uh, PSN wallet funds or select PlayStation Store products. That's where they sell, you know, merch, t-shirts, water bottles, pins, all that sort of stuff based on PlayStation games. Uh, As an additional benefit, PlayStation Plus members enrolled in PlayStation Stars automatically earn points for purchases on the PlayStation Store. Uh, And also as part of this, you'll be able to earn a new type of reward called Digital Collectibles. Collectibles are uh, as diverse as our portfolio of products and franchises. They are digital representations of things that PlayStation fans can enjoy, including figurines of beloved and iconic characters from games and other forms of entertainment, as well as cherished devices, devices, excuse me, that tap into Sony's history of innovation. Uh, but if that, you know, raises any sort of thoughts of other type of things, Sony definitively said that these digital collectibles, which is the only name they have for them right now, are not NFTs. Uh, specifically talking to the Washington Post, the vice president of network Jade advertising loyalty. <laughs> oh, Jada left because of our, Jada's still here. There we go. She's back. Um, back. <laughs> Vice President of Network Advertising Loyalty and Licensed Merchandise Grace Chen said clear that it's definitely not NFTs. Definitely not, Chen said to the Washington Post. You can't trade them or sell them. It is not leveraging any blockchain technologies and definitely not NFTs. Um, so whatever those digital collectibles will be, though, uh, still a little bit up for debate. Uh, Mark, I do want to start with you on one bit of it before we get into the digital collectibles, because I know you had been kind of talking about it in Slack the day this news happened. What do you think of sort of the the loyalty points for uh, trophy earning or for being the first to earn trophies? How do you, how do you feel about that aspect of it? 
First off, I'm I'm glad that PlayStation finally got their own Game Pass, and now I'm glad that they're finally getting their own Xbox Microsoft Rewards. So that's it's great. Catching up, they're just good services. They're good they're getting it. there, guys. <laughs> I'm actually really excited. I'm like every time I log into my Xbox and I get some sort of like reward thing, I'm like, man, I wish, I wish PlayStation had this. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's really cool. I think it's fine for people who want to. Uh, uh, you know, partake. The only one that was like kind of weird to me was the uh, be the first player to platinum a blockbuster title in your local time zone. And I'm like, well, let's see. First off, that sounds unhealthy to be like, I'm going to be the first one to get Horizon or like Elden Ring's platinum. <laughs> You're like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Also, how does that negate press? Because like, as we're about to talk about, like, I we probably could have got Stray's platinum. Like, I think most of us are close, and, like, the game came out today. Probably could have, like, grinded and got it before, so, like, that's not really fair. So, it's, like, and and I think a lot of us had uh, the Spider-Man Platinum before that game ever came out. So, it's, like, I'd be interested to see how they're, like, okay, the first trophy has to be earned after this date or something like that, or you're... Because, like, Brian from PS... Or, what is it? uh, PS... Arpix? Power picks. He he's just gonna win every single time, right? Like he's just. <laughs> so I w- I'm interested to see what they uh how they how they gate press there. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I feel like w- what you said, basically starting the clock at any they have to start earning trophies at this date. Any trophies earned beforehand has to be negated. But then it creates like, do they have the back end capacity to do that? Even do they have to start building that into it? Um, do they have to then like blacklist certain accounts is that the easier way they have to go about it 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 leads to a lot of questions there it'll be interesting but at the very least i think like people probably already do race to have that you know like whether it's mm-hmm. on power picks or like exo phase or wherever like people like being the first person to have gotten that trophy already so like you said it's just good to have this stuff that naturally will reward us earning specific trophies or us just playing games as we would or, or making purchases it it's good to just finally have that here. Jada, how do you feel about the sort of like overall offerings of this? The whole like smorgasbord of whole everything package that's coming and, with and it? Yeah. Part of it, yeah. Um, I, I think it's good. I think they're leaning into things that people are already doing. So it's not going to be like something extra you have to do. Um, if you want to earn more, you can do more. If you don't, you don't. Um, I think it's confirming though that we're getting PlayStation Home too. That's what we're getting. PlayStation <laughs> Home is back proof. again. Definitive proof. PlayStation Home again is coming. It's it's going to be place. It's going to be PlayStation's Homecoming. They're going to tie it in with Spider Man movies. It's going to be all going to be the whole home thing again. We're getting. Jada was it. looking it's for happening. a sign, and this is it. <laughs> this is the sign. <laughs> I mean, Sony Sony Pictures kind of relies all on the Spider Man machine, and so yeah, why not put that into the PlayStation Homecoming as well? Um, We'll, we'll see. I do. I mean, that does raise the question of what what we do with those digital collectibles. And I guess, Tom, my first question is, what digital digital collectible are you most excited to collect? If you could have any PlayStation digital collectible, what would it be? Jonathan, uh, it's a, it's a, obviously it's obviously a bow tie. To display it's obviously on your digital shelf. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I want Clank. Just okay. Like I just want Clank. You just want Clank. Yeah. You just want- that's a good that's a good well, choice i know that brings up getting... a weird question of like is he a a thing or a person but i i just that's my answer is i would like clank please. I, I would i think we'd all kind of like clank in our lives he's so helpful yeah um i mean though with these collectibles i'm curious what you think of like what do, does that excite you at all because i have a lot of questions about how it gets implemented but it, does the idea of having basically like 
virtual action figures alongside your trophies excite you? Yes and no, right? Like, it depends on what they do with it and how cool they are, how well they're done. Like, is, you know, the the kind of two sort of examples of this that I, I look to immediately or think about immediately, I don't necessarily know if this is exactly what they're going to look like, because obviously we don't know a ton about this system yet. But the two things that jumped to my mind immediately were like trophies in Smash Bros, mm-hmm. right? Which were mm-hmm. really fun to collect and you got rewarded for doing different things in that game to get these trophies. And it was really fun to do that. And then the other thing I think about is like Steam trading cards, which you are kind of given out by just playing games generally and aren't very exciting and don't really do much and used to be more interesting and then sort of have just like, they just sort of exist now. So like, Mm -hmm. I, I think that this whole digital collectibles thing is a really neat idea for sure. And I think it could fall anywhere on that spectrum or beyond of like, yeah, this could be a really cool, fun little thing to just sort of like collect as you go and get rewarded for stuff you were already going to do anyway or kind of encourage you to kind of go outside of your comfort zone a little bit. Or it could just be glorified different versions of trophies, right? Like we don't we don't really know yet. Um, yeah. And But I'm optimistic. It doesn't sound like you're losing anything by having this system <laughs> exist. Um, you mentioned the Sp- Smash Bros thing. For me, it also brings to mind like another game with, with Astros because Astros Playroom had that digital essentially right. uh, history museum of PlayStation. And I feel like, Am I just going to be earning those basically? But, you know, to Jada's point, it raises the question of where is this digital shelf going to live? How can I access it? How can I look at it? Yeah. Can I share it with friends? Can someone else come see my shelf? Do I have to like post a photo of it? It raises a lot of questions of how it gets implemented into the PS5. Yeah, Tom it's not. Said something it's not. That, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say something you said just like terrified me. I didn't think about it. It's like is this going to end up being like some sort of separate list? Like I have the platinum trophy in this game and now I have to collect all the other digital trophy. Please, please. No. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be right. Like this is a thing is this isn't like a, and this is what I'm about to say. Isn't a bad thing. It's not a criticism, but this doesn't sound like a wildly unique or new idea. So it's just going to come down to what they do with it and how they implement it in terms of like how successful it is, how interesting it becomes, all that sort of stuff. Because it it could easily go either way, but like it sounds fun, right? Like it just whatever they do with it, it at least right now sounds amusing. Yeah, I'm I'm hope, hoping it is a fun thing that we can access. I think that was the joy of the Astros bit of it was like you could mess around with it a little bit. It would make the noises of the, you know, the console or the, the right. disc tray would pop out and things like that. Um, but perhaps it does portend the arrival of home too, as as Jada would hope. I mean That'd be um, a cool use. It would, Jada, mm-hmm. if it doesn't end up being PlayStation Home 2, is there any other way that you see this or that you would want it to be implemented as part of your like PS5 experience? If it doesn't, if it's not home, I see them doing another Astros uh, playroom. But this one is kind of a ongoing thing that evolves as you play. Kind of like how this the, the the lobby room in Astros playroom, and it has a bunch of stuff that appears as you find. I can't remember if it was collectibles or whatever it was that made things start to appear in Astros, and it kind of, that kind of starts to evolve and change as you. Uh, collect these digital collectibles from other games you play. They just start popping into this new Astro's Play World um, homeroom or whatever. 
I'm just going to stick on the home thing. No, no, um, you just Astro's Play World is a perfect name for their next game. There you go. That needs to be um, it. So, but yeah, that's uh that's that's that would be how the other way I could see it happening because Astro already had like you guys pointed out already has this um basis for going in and implementing these other games into its world. Um so I think it's just the right way to go for the next one. It would be very cool to have something interactable with it and to not just have it kind of sit on that shelf. But yeah, like Tom, to your point as well, like the Smash Brothers integration also comes to mind very well. And yeah, some middle ground in here, hopefully we can find to get these things. But yeah, Mark, at least for your worry, I I don't think it's going to be like collect 50 of these per game. I think it's going to be maybe one or two, mostly because then they have to create too many of these things and they probably don't (laughs) want to have to do that. But uh, whatever it ends up actually being, obviously, we'll keep an eye on this. Uh, PlayStation Stars isn't launching, you know, immediately or anything, and it'll be a little while before then. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to whatever these digital collectibles and, and extra uh, funds in our PSN wallet actually let us. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, let's hear them talk about it. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing 
to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. But uh, moving on from there, just to wrap up a little bit of other news, uh, wanted to briefly mention uh, God of War Ragnarok finally has a bit of a lengthier story synopsis. Uh, if you don't want to know, if you don't want this information, take off your headphones or look at the description of the, the episode because I'm going to, to have time codes in there so you can just skip this and you don't need to know any of this. But uh, there is a little bit of a mention of what's coming, and the official description reads, No, Jada, you can't put your hands over the I headphones. Like, I was like, that, <laughs> I have to feel like that has the opposite effect of what you're trying to <laughs> accomplish. <laughs> the The important parts worth mentioning from here is uh, the synopsis says, quote, Fimblewinter is well underway. Kratos and Atreus must journey to each of the nine realms in search of the of answers as Asgardian forces prepare for a prophesied battle that will end the world. Along the way, they will explore stunning mythical landscapes and face fearsome enemies in the form of Norse gods and monsters. The threat of Ragnarok grows ever closer. Kratos and Atreus must choose between their own safety and the safety of the realms. Um, I think the big thing worth pointing out here, and if anyone has any thoughts on it or knows Norse myth better than I do, which would probably be pretty easy to accomplish uh is obviously fimble winter preceding ragnarok so we know that this this game isn't entirely focused around the the singular event of ragnarok we're going to get some time before that moment occurs if it does occur obviously that's probably a big question as well um but we know we're going to get this little stretch of time beforehand i think sony santa monica also tweeted out recently don't worry it's not all snow levels if you know fimble winter brings <laughs> to mind the idea that it'll all be snow as you travel the nine realms uh and then the other big part of it being you'll be fighting as guardian forces so obviously we've seen teases of you know who kratos will be up against uh which again i won't spoil if you if you don't want to know if you haven't been paying attention to things but um you know i i think it gives us a little bit more of a setting for the game but at this point you know, we've talked about it a little bit on the show, Mark, Jada, Tom. I don't. Uh, I just want to play. I don't need to know nope. anything more. I just want to go so, and play. <laughs> yeah, right. the, give me the game. <laughs> this this synopsis was like nice to hear because it it teases a few things, but also it is basically exactly what I would expect from if I had <laughs> like after just playing the first game. Right? Is like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, this is this is pretty much where I assumed they were gonna go with this. So yeah, I'm the same way. I'm just I'm I'm ready to see it in action. They showed us the back of the box. Cool. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Minus whatever quotes they want to put on there for launch. Um, but yeah, obviously we're we're in the months leading up. We have the release date. The special editions are out there. They've been on sale. Hopefully those out there were able to get some if you wanted them. Uh, but yeah, we we will be in just a couple months talking about God of War Ragnarok, which is wild, and I can't wait. Uh, last but not least on the news front, just to mention, uh, PlayStation has continued its investment into esports and has bought Repeat.gg. Uh, that is one of the biggest esports tournament platforms in the world and helps users compete for cash prizes across online games. Furthermore, it organizes asynchronous esports tournaments that allow players to compete in games, even if they aren't online at the same time. Uh, we've seen this as just, you know, PlayStation's continuing investment in caring about esports, making it a bigger part of... Uh, what they do, obviously, with the investment previously in Evo as well as, as other moves that they've done. Uh, apparently, for those who use Repeat, don't worry that this isn't going to make it an exclusive PlayStation platform. Uh, it still will support PC, mobile, and other consoles alongside PlayStation, uh, but it will be used more properly in PlayStation's growing esports presence, which 
they haven't really been rushing to tell us what those plans exactly are. It does seem to just be a more prominent piece of the esports puzzle to be a bigger name in that space. But, you know, it it seems to just be kind of going along for them. I don't I mean, have much else to say about it. But Jay, I like that it website name. How many, they, they wanted, how many, sorry, my headset is bugging right now. Oh, no. Um, It makes sense with their drive to do more live service stuff. So maybe there's something live servicey. Oh my goodness, my headset is all messed up. I apologize. Do I sound okay? You sound great. Right? I sound okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, I just my audio is all messed up in my head. Um, but yeah, they're trying to do more live Same. service stuff, so it just makes more sense for them to have some type of tournament feature if there is going to be any type of PvP in these live service things. It's something that could lean, uh, that could work very well together with one another. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to expect at some point one of their games is going to really try to take advantage of all this stuff if we have 10 multiplayer live service games coming down the pipe. Well, uh, and Jada, I, if you're having trouble with your headphones, feel free to take a, a minute to deal with that. I don't want you to have to not be able to hear us for the rest of the show. You squeezed them too hard, Jada. I yeah. think when I did that, I it, it gave me like oh, some no. type of setting and it um, it She's changed like my setting buttons. when I did that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I did it live on the show and I messed with my oh, settings. No. And I don't remember what the shortcut is to turn it off. So I have to go look for the manual to fix that after the show. So it's fine. I'll deal with it. Um, I just, if you see me and there are video watchers, you see me lifting my headphone. That's what fixes it. So there we go. It's, it's not only because our voices, you can't stand them. But it's because of the problem in the headphones. Um, Anyway, moving on from there, that's just a bit of the PlayStation News of the Week. Let's talk about this week's big release, which is, of course, Stray. Uh, This is from, just to set the scene, you probably know what Stray is, but this is from Blue 12 Studio, uh, published by Annapurna, and it is a game where you play as a cat. Uh, You are a lone cat in a sci-fi-ish world uh, where the only denizens of it that you meet are robots, uh, and you are just trying to uh, survive and go through it to a certain degree. We're going to keep it light on story here if you haven't uh, gotten into the game yet. We don't want to spoil it for you. But you are off on a quest, and along the way, you meet a lovable robot companion named B12 uh, and and get up to a bunch of hijinks uh, as a cat. Anyway, I really enjoy this game. But before we get into all of our general thoughts on it, Tom, I want to throw to you because you, of course, read wrote the review. You didn't just read the review. You wrote the review on IGN for Stray. Uh, people should go check it out. It's also in video form as well. It's a wonderful review. Uh, Jada is taking a break as she figures out her headphones. But Tom, what did you think of Stray? Give us your top level thoughts. I liked it a lot. Cat game is fun. Um, I was, Jonathan, you and I were talking about this before we got code where I was already assigned to the review and I was like, oh no, what if the cat game is bad though? And I have to like say the cat game is bad would have crushed our spirits yeah Mm -hmm. and and it's not it's good it's it's a great game i gave it an eight um it's really charming it's very very pretty um i love the world i love exploring this world there's kind of this dual like there's two sort of modes the game goes between right it was just like more linear sort of action not like full action but like puzzle platforming sort of sections and then these more open town sections where you're kind of basically playing a traditional adventure game, um, meeting people, getting items, showing items to people to see if they can tell you where to go next and that sort of stuff, uh, finding codes for safes written on walls and that, you know, all, all that classic adventure game stuff. Um, and both sides of that work well. Uh, basically, my only, like, overall complaints with the game were that the movement is, like... The, the best way I can describe it is, like, you don't have a lot of agency in your movement because you don't have, like, a jump button. You instead just 
press X when you are like lined up with a certain interactable ledge or whatever, and then you jump to that ledge automatically, um, which works fine. It's still fun. It just means that there's basically like no challenge to any of the platforming. And occasionally the platforming can be a little bit like a little bit clunky in that regard. But none of that is like game breaking by any means. It's still all a very enjoyable. And, it, you know, I I'd say the game is great, right? Um, <laughs> it's just like that was the only thing kind of like distracting me from otherwise what I was really enjoying. Well, and of course, the uh, disturbing lack of a photo mode to take cute photos. <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. Is a major issue that needs to be resolved immediately. Uh, but no, because it's a really pre- it is a genuinely very pretty game. It would benefit from a photo mode a lot, I think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if that's a sort of, uh, you know, post launch thing that comes. I, I think the they'll add it. That seems to be the trend, even with a lot of AAA games is they just yeah. they add it after. Yeah, it, it totally makes sense, especially knowing how small a team this is. But yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. For those who haven't been able to play yet, um, you know, to Tom's point, it's, it is like a platformer in the sense of you are jumping onto things and using that to progress. But the challenge that you think of when you think of a platformer is not there because it's a, it's a guided jump yeah. every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I think for me, the, the trickiness there ever usually came from also like camera angle and stuff sometimes. Like you'd need yeah. to occasionally... If it was a jump that was too close to you, you would need to have the camera kind of angled at a weird angle to make the the pop-up show up for things. Right. Um, but like you said, like in general, exploration is really fun because of the world they built. It's a really yeah. like, gorgeous and, and dense uh, and interesting world. Um, and I was surprised at how much I like came to want to know more about it as it went on. Mm-hmm. Hello, yeah. Jada is back. <laughs> I am back. I uh, I'm loving Stray. Uh, this is the instruction manual I had to dig out. Like it's this massive thing. I'm just like, okay, I figured it out. Um, but now that's gone. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad you can hear us. That's good to know. Um, yes, I can hear you guys. I can talk without my headset messing up. I turned on apparently, uh, like uh, touch or speak to like chat or something like that on my oh. headset. Oh no. And so like it totally just threw everything off every time I went to talk. So. Well, um, we're glad you're back and glad that was able to happen. Um, and we'll get to your thoughts. If you've been, have you been able to play? I am. I'm about probably maybe 90 minutes in. I've already okay. cried um, because I'm a very emotional person. Um, and I love it so far. I haven't gotten any of these cool, fancy gadgets. Um, I've got the, the little backpack you know, already, but uh, or harness. But, uh, you know, I'm just kind of exploring, doing my thing right now. Yeah, I will say that that is a question that I think a lot of people will have, and, and Tom, uh, just from your sort of like reviewer's perspective, how did you feel in terms of the like the terror or the situations that the cat gets placed in? Because I know for some people, when it comes to animals and games, harm against them can be a big stopping point. How did you yeah. feel about the game's handling of putting the cat in peril because the player needs to feel, you know, a challenge? I mean, I I maybe have a higher tolerance for that stuff within video games. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, it doesn't make me as anxious, I guess is the right way to put it. Um, But there are definitely moments where the cat is in danger. (laughs) Um, But, like, it's never a very big deal. Like, you can... I don't know. I I think it's fine. I think it's... it's, Somebody asked me, like, is this going to make me sad if I play this game and, like, the cat gets hurt? And I was like, I think it's a pretty safe game for that because, uh, it, it, I don't know, it's it's it'll be fine. If you have a lower tolerance for that sort of stuff, then maybe you're going to not like some of those sort of more action-y sequences. But largely, I didn't find any of it um, unsettling or off-putting in that regard. 
Sure. I think it's worth mentioning, like, your cat can, quote-unquote, die during some of the action scenes. Like, you can lose. But there's nothing, like, gruesomely depicted here. It's not like the enemies are, you know, being awful to the cat. It kind of just happens, and then it's like, oh, you died, game over, retry. It's not like Tomb Raider or whatever, where, you know, there's those horrible, horrible cutscenes where Lyra can just get, like, impaled on a tree. It's nothing. It's just sort of like, a cat died, red screen restart and that's yeah it, it actually like, cuts away quick. from it really yeah. fast yeah it's pretty it, quick it's clearly a game made by people who love cats and would not want to do that to a cat that said you know there are moments where it, it is tough times for the cat and that may bring up yeah. some sadness for sure there was one or two moments <laughs> that really hit my girlfriend and she had to leave the room for a minute because it was sad but things improve um mark i do want to get your thoughts on it as well because i know you you quite love stray so i do your top level thoughts on it uh, something I want to I, I want to respond about the the jumping. If I had to guess, that that was not the first version of like how this game like kind of ran. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I bet if if I had to guess, I I bet that they've tried other versions. What what, what does that figure? Bet, no, you're and during my preview, they actually talked about it to us, and they said we originally had it as a thing where you could just jump around as the cat, but they found that the right. cat people were very easily missing things and it felt very uncat like to constantly miss where you're well, jumping to. The thing yeah. with a the thing is is when a cat jumps, right? If everything goes correctly, they they very much go from one point A to point B, right? Like they there's it's a very direct jump, right? So to have it any other way to like, you know, like you you jump as Mario and then it's like kind of a guided jump where you can kind of move them like that's not how cats jump right they don't they don't move in midair and you know this is this, as Tom says in his review this is not a super cat this is not an altered cat in any way it's just a completely normal cat and so yeah I'm willing to bet that they they tried some sort of free platforming and it just like it didn't look very cat like because that was right. that was the one thing that I kind of like instantly was was really loved about the game was how much um if you look at the different heights or if you're going from above or below like he has a lot of different animations depending on like he'll he'll if if the if the if it's too high up you know he'll kind of kick his back legs to kind of get him the rest of the way up which is how cats really jump and um yeah and so sorry uh and so i i i just i i don't know of any other way they could have really done it except yeah. for with the prompts um, i think something I think that's uh, totally fair like just real quickly to to touch on that like i think that's totally fair because just because i think something didn't quite work doesn't mean mm-hmm. that like there would have been a better way to do it necessarily right like sure like i i also understand the world where like when you're trying to hop on these little air conditioners on the sides of buildings that it would get really frustrating and it would not be fun and it wouldn't look good either right like there's also that world just because i didn't think that this sort of thing worked doesn't mean that like i'm like why didn't they just do it that way right so i think you're totally right and i think i'm Mm. not surprised to hear what you were saying jonathan um I just think that the solution they came up with was like, I guess the good way to describe it is it was incredibly safe, right? It didn't make the, it didn't distract, but it also didn't impress, I guess is the way I I would put it. I think it's, I think it's exactly what you're saying where it's like, this was the best version to do it. The, 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 I don't want to say flaw, but the shortcoming is, is, is just 
them making a cat game. You're like, okay, right. this is the best way to do this. Um, and it just, you know, that's just like the drawback of, of, of a game where you're playing as a cat and you want it to look very cat-like. It's the best um, answer to a very hard question. Right. Um, but as far as the game goes itself, so once I kind of turned that off, once I, I got past like the first chapter and I was like, this is not a platformer. Cause like you don't even have to push X. You can just hold X. Right. And he'll, and which they show you very early on. Well, they, they are like, hold X and you'll do multiple hops in a row. That's not true. You can hold X just constantly. When I did my like speed run playthrough, I just held X and R2 the entire game. Yeah. And like he'll just, he'll just do everything you need him to do. So, so, um, I was talking with my team because I was the only one playing it at first. And I was like, this isn't like to me, it's not really like a, a challenging any sort of platformer. To me, it's more like journey or inside. Right. It's just you're 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 something traveling through different environments. And it wasn't until I got to the first hub world where I was like, OK, it's not exactly journey because journey doesn't have like hub worlds and stuff like that. But like that was my biggest like comparison at the time was it's just like you're just getting from point A to point B with environmental storytelling. And so at first, I think I was kind of like you, Dornbush. At first, I was like, I, I don't know where this is going. And I, I'm not exactly sure how much I care. But then once you get to the hub worlds and you start talking to the robots, you're like, okay, never mind. I care. I do care. <laughs> uh, and by the end, if you, you know, I, I, the story does get very, very, very good. Um, so much to where I messaged Tom about it the next day and he just laughed at me, but it's okay. <laughs> I was like, Tom, this part made me really sad. And his response was, ha 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 ha. <laughs> Tom just revels in my sadness. <laughs> well, as we all um, know, Tom feeds on tears. That's his yeah, exactly. I, I was just enjoying that you got to the end. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the Colin Robinson of IGN. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> so what we do in the shadows reference. Um. But then I I, yeah, it is. I see you have here in the notes that I'm speed running it. That's not true. But there is a trophy where you can where uh, yeah, you have to beat yeah. the game in under two hours. And I I was like, let me give this a go. So I immediately restarted. Now I was only playing a few chapters a day, right? So it took me like I don't know, like four or five days to beat this game because I, I had a very busy weekend. And I was like, let me let me do this. And so some of the early stuff I kind of forgot some of the puzzles, but for the most part, I I just blasted through it and like. I beat it in like an hour and 50 minutes. I could probably do it again right now and probably do it in like an hour and a half. But no, my overall talk, my overall thoughts are that I really, really, really like the game. <laughs> and I think, I think that speedrun trophy and what you were just saying, or not speedrun, but two hour trophy, no. uh, is a testament to kind of one of this game's strongest points, which is like it gives you a lot of time to just enjoy the world and to just do silly cat things and just look around and see things and experience it that are not necessary in any way to get mm -hmm. to the end or to get that two hour trophy, but are some of the, the highlights of the game for me, right? Yeah. It was just sort of walking around and meeting people and enjoying that. Yeah, I, I made a video and it was like 10 cat things you can do because it weirdly doles that stuff out. It's like, oh, I can scratch a carpet. Oh, that's hilarious. This serves no purpose other than just like it's fun. And then it was like, now there's a toy on the ground or you can get a bag stuck on your head. And like none of that has anything to do with the game. They're just cat things that you can do. And I was like, OK, these are these are great. And that's why my first playthrough took five hours and my second playthrough took under two because right. I'm just like taking naps and 
getting bags stuck on my head and it was awesome <laughs> jada what were and you? i really love the uh the bag on the head effect i'm not going to spoil it because it's real it's really great yeah. when it uh happens yeah. um good. but yes it's it's a lot of fun i really love all the little just the little things that this game does you know like tom says it gives you it really gives the chance the game time to breathe just by going around and just doing random cat things did you guys um, like drink Yes. Like, oh, yeah. like I would just drink at places because I'm like, hey, the game wants me to drink here. You don't need to drink in that game, mm-hmm. but it's adorable. Yeah, it's um, there's it's you, you know, you mentioned you can find a toy to play with, but like the whole experience, I think, is toy like in the way that it like it wants you to mess around with the world. It wants you to tinker. It wants you to search. It's the, the nooks and crannies of, of places to meet a funny robot or meet a sad robot or or help out another robot. Like, it wants you to investigate it. And and I think, I forget if you had said this, Mark, on, on Twitter or somewhere, but I feel like it, it was said somewhere of, like, don't try to do that speed run on your first playthrough. Like, mm-hmm. the, so much of the joy of this game, as we've all been saying, is by just naturally exploring it, is by letting yourself, like a cat, get distracted. Like, doing that is where you'll find the mm-hmm. most fun in the world, I think. Yeah. Also, like, I was totally, we just showed it on screen, but that was the moment that made me cry. Yeah. Like, that literally, that moment, that was a very tough moment. Yeah. Um, so, apologies to anybody who saw it. Um, but, yeah. Um, you know, if you do want a game, um, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Um, hopefully, Red's got me queued up and given us some time to get it ready. If you do want a game where you can play a cat that can jump on command, Tokyo Jungle. I couldn't play. I didn't get an early code for Stray. <laughs> so I jumped into Tokyo Jungle last night and I played Tokyo Jungle for probably about five or six hours. And I unlocked oh, wow. the cat and I was just going around uh, devouring animals um, and killing other animals in the means so I could survive. And, you know, I think I made it 51 years as a generation of cats. Um Wow. So it, was, it was a lot of I fun. Um, I don't it, even know what this is. Tokyo Jungle. It's Tokyo Jungle. A beloved Jungle. PS3 indie, Mark. Um, yeah, mm. it's in the it's in the <laughs> PS uh, catalog for premium members. Who, whichever, and I think Extra also has the PS3 streaming, right? Or is it just premium? no, just premium. Premium. So yeah, if you're a premium user, you can go and play this. But yeah, like you're you start out, you have the choice between a Pomeranian and a deer. Um, so an herbivore and a carnivore. Um, and you go around and uh, you have to mark territory, find a mate, eat food, kill other um, animals for said food. Um, and it is very challenging because it's it's a roguelike. So when you die, you start over from scratch um, in survival mode. But you can also get like clothing to boost your stats and stuff like that. Um, my first couple runs did not last very long. I think I made it maybe like 12 to 20 years. Um, I really didn't get far until I got that 50, um, that 50 year run on the cats. And at that point there was this cat, I was running away from hyenas, lions, and alligators all at once that were chasing me while I was inside of a train. Um, <laughs> it, it did not end well for me, obviously, cause that was the year that I died. Um, <laughs> but well, it's you- a lot of fun. You were worried that Stray was going to have sad moments. It's a brutal looking game. I, this I game is very brutal. Story. Yeah. Uh, well, it turns out you didn't need to wait for the cat game. The cat game was there all along. Uh, yep. But yeah, to, if you can't play Stray, I guess play Tokyo Jungle. But um, no, going back to, to Stray on it, I did want to touch on um, one bit of it. And, and, you know, without going into spoilers, I think 
Um, Story-wise, we're going to stay quiet about things, uh, but in general, obviously, it's been introduced in a lot of the the trailers. Forgive me, I forgot what that word was. I really enjoyed the inclusion of B12 here. Obviously, the cat is a mm. silent protagonist. It's not going to talk. Like you said, it's a normal cat, so it's not going to suddenly start saying things. But the inclusion of B12 as your companion uh, who helps translate everything for you adds a layer to it that I think... I started to really appreciate the ways in which the cat is helpful to everyone, including B12, but like to everyone around it, it kind of like creates this wonderful, like kindness within the cat that I appreciated. Um, It it also didn't hit me until today that that's just the name of the studio. (laughs) (laughs) B12. Yeah. For blue 12. Yeah. It's a a nice pun in there. Um, Mm -hmm. But is there anything else from the, I, I suppose world side, Tom, maybe just start off with you, like whether it's, um, were there certain locations or, or certain elements of exploration that, that really stuck with you, whether it was, you know, speaking to the robots or, or the, the way things were constructed? I know we talked about, obviously, how gorgeous this world is, but, you know, anything that really stood out for you? It's um, it's a very vertical world in a way that a lot of games, or most of it is, at least the very first kind of town area really is, Yeah. Uh, in a way that a lot of games aren't. Like, even... This is going to sound weird, maybe, so stick with me for a sec, but, like, even Assassin's Creed, where you're running through towns and you can climb buildings, a lot of the times your way, the way you're moving through those worlds is that they're still very wide cities, and when you're climbing, you're sort of climbing horizontal, like, diagonally, where you're slowly getting higher and higher and higher until you get up. You're not always often just, like, climbing straight up a wall. You can. not saying you don't, but, like, that's not, like... A lot of the time you're not doing that. This game, I th- I was struck in the first world how interesting it is, how often you were just like climbing straight up the sides of buildings and they felt very tall because you are so small within that world. And it it gives the movement through that city space kind of a very unique flavor compared to a lot of other games with similar sort of movement styles and a different flavor compared to how cities I feel like cities are often constructed in games. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, two, absolutely. Go ahead, Mark. Two two things I wanted to talk about with the world is is to to piggyback off Tom's like I the thing I really like about the game is I almost never got lost because it does that really, really good environmental thing of mm-hmm. being like, where am I supposed to go? And then you see of the billion air conditioners, one of them is like kind of yellow and has like streamers yeah. on it. And you're like, oh, that's the developer telling me to go that way. I was surprised at how little I got lost. And then um, I also liked, and this was during my speedrun playthrough. I don't want to spoil the puzzles, but when you get to one of the later towns, um, I love how like out of order you can do things and, and how out of order you will end up doing things on your first playthrough it's like on my second playthrough i did them out of order because it just seemed faster to me but on my first playthrough um like for example uh there's a part where you have to get into uh like a store right and there's a guy who's stopping you and so i'll you get into that store somehow um solve its little puzzle and then you're like oh there's nothing to do in here why did i even need like there's no there's no secrets there's nothing and then it's only until a little bit later that somebody is like, hey, I need something. And you're like, 
that's why I needed to go to that store. And you go back and now it's kind of like now you're looking at it a different way and then you're able to kind of or like maybe B12 can do something he couldn't do before. Right. But the the puzzle itself was getting in there and i was like oh i did that on accident or you find a collectible in the first town there's a lot of like things you can buy and i'm like oh this guy has like a shop or something like that and it's like no a lot of that is actually like it's not optional you will buy some of those things because that's how you progress and i just kind of stumbled upon a lot of that and then just got really lucky the guy was like i need this and you're like i already have that (laughs) because i was just like exploring and i i happened to stumble upon it and it's like it's a very the the reason i say this is like a really really good mark medina game is it's like it's just challenging enough to where i'm like there is that sense of accomplishment but not so challenging where i'm like where do i go in this freaking game like there was almost never a point where i was like i don't know where to go like the game always does a good job of telling you where you need to go through the environment to yeah. the points that you're just making it it doesn't gate you from your curiosity like leading to things right. like i i mm-hmm. the other half of that puzzle where you need to get the other item i did that before i knew that puzzle was going to even exist as a thing i just thought it was a side yep. quest sort of thing so yeah mm-hmm. but it, it didn't impact the game in a bad way it just was like oh i had that curiosity to go follow that path earlier on and then i just get rewarded by already having completed it later it didn't prevent you from doing that it, it has a really good sense of that and to your point of like the the world design one thing that really struck me especially in that first area that i started to notice was they do the thing of not only just you know great i think like color mapping of the world and color design to lead your eye to places naturally especially with lighting of things is, is a really great source of that but um you know they put either like barbed wire or spikes on places you obviously can't go to and mm-hmm. so it sort of trains yourself to be like oh i can't go on the those x you know number of hanging things from a from a storefront or from a building because they clearly if i jumped on it i would get hurt so it's just not even a, a question to look over there um and it trains you to look for the places you can go in in really smart and clever ways um well and it was it was really cool when i did my second playthrough because then when i got to certain towns i would just run and like basically trigger certain events that i knew i would need later and so I was just like, it made me very interested in like, for one, how are other people solving these things? Are they finding them on accident? And for two, I kind of am excited to see speed runs for this game because I'm I'm interested to see what people are 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 going to be smart enough to like, let's do these things before we continue on. I will say though, uh, for speed running to be really good with this game, you need to be able to skip cutscenes. There's way the too many cutscenes that like stop your momentum that I'm like, even on my second playthrough, I was like, I'm just like tapping the X button. Cause I'm just like, all right, let me go. Let me do this. Another thing, thing me... they can add in easily post launch, hopefully. Um, <laughs> but on that note, I, I do have a sort of last question for you, Mark. Uh, did you get that chase trophy yet? No, no, no. Okay. I, I, I'm done. I tried yeah, again earlier today. Uh, and, I got past that like little tiny alleyway part for co- for context. Uh, it was just on the screen, but the very first chase through the Zerks, there's a trophy to not get touched by them at all. And it's, you, you can figure it out. You understand what you're supposed to do, but sometimes a Zerk will just kind of jump from off screen and just land on you. And 
you can reload the chapter or not you reload the checkpoint but it's just slow enough that it's annoying on ps5 like you do it and it's like a full 10 seconds until it restarts again if i could just like restart it i'd be good but i'm like i have to just like sit there and wait um no i tried it for like an hour yesterday and that's when i messaged you and then i tried it a little bit again today and i was just like i i don't care about this so no i will not be getting the catnum trophy for this uh game fair enough um i do not care i do not want to hate the game by grinding that trophy <laughs> over and over so tom what were you saying well there's just the trophy list seems like a legit challenge for this one doesn't feel like they pulled their punches there's some tougher what you like you do need to pretty much complete all the side quests there's an early side quest mm-hmm. for collecting a certain number of uh music pages they're some of them are pretty well hidden like it's not easy well, like, to necessarily I, stumble i guess i should say them. it also is like it's just a list that makes you go out of your way right like there's yes. one that's yeah. that's like take a nap for an hour is one of the trophies <laughs> yeah. right yeah. like you can you're not just gonna like get that on your first playthrough or whatever <laughs> it, it's it's one like that i might i might just do just for fun like just yeah. turn it on and then just like walk away sure um, it does I actually say, i actually dinged that ahead. one earlier today on my first playthrough um because i so i yeah. i started it this morning and i played for a bit and i was like okay i gotta get to work and I, I was at a spot where i could nap so i just napped and let it go with the the musician playing music for a bit so it creates a like very good like chill beats to study to vibe mm-hmm. for a yeah. little bit if, if you go <laughs> down. like th- that is one thing worth saying um you know the music sheet part of it aside the score is really nice i i really yeah. think it, it oh adds the music's a- Great. It's it's mm-hmm. a really gorgeous um undercurrent of the emotional like seriousness of it. it. It takes the world and the threats around you very seriously, but it's also very hopeful in many ways. It's it's a really pretty score. Um, I edited Tom's review and I uh as a editor at IGM, we kind of have a choice to either if the if if the person producing the video is like here use this music you're like fine if not we have like a website that we pay for that we can use like a whole library of music and so if you're not provided music as an editor you can go to that website and that's how that's how we do it um but for this i was like i gotta i gotta, I gotta make it a point to actually get the the straight music in there because it's so good and i was like this video just like needs it so i went and captured some specifically for the review because i was like it's it's too good to not show I also single-handedly produced all of the music on that website that you would have to choose from, and a lot of it's not great. Yeah. Hundreds (laughs) of thousands of songs. What else am I going to do in my free time? Um, uh, Another thing worth just briefly mentioning before we wrap up, uh, since we're talking about the game on PlayStation, uh, the DualSense integration. Uh, Yeah. The... you know triggers are used for on the scratching elements you can sort of feel the resistance of the scratching as you're going uh when you're sleeping or meowing because of course there's a dedicated meow button worth mentioning uh you do feel a little bit of the purr especially during the sleeping you you kind of feel it resonate the purr the meow also comes out of the speaker as well uh there's little other touches here and there i think you know we've mentioned some of the environmental interactions like drinking uh water you know from a bowl that you'll find or things like that you'll feel a little bit of it in the dual sense it's nothing crazy or mind-blowing but it's a nice additive basically you know putting you into the paws of a cat more here are some of the feelings but did anyone have any for the for the triggers it's just the scratching right i didn't feel anything i think so i think it's just the triggers from my memory yeah i can't i can't remember the triggers reacting to anything else other than the scratching carpets doors furniture and whatnot tom were you going to mention something though yeah um, I didn't mention the DualSense stuff in my review because I think it is neither 
a plus nor a minus, right? Like it it's is just minor. like a, it's yeah. a thing. Um, I I would say overall, I wasn't like I was a little let down because they kind of made a point of mentioning that they were going to use the dual sense and it like like the I didn't think that the tr- like it was implemented in a particularly impressive way. Like the scratching is like it basically just adds a bunch of resistance to the triggers, mm-hmm. which like doesn't really like put like it's not doing anything. i feel like a cat <laughs> yeah like it's, it's, it's not doing anything close to what astros was doing where it was yeah. like oh this feels like this sensation right it just sort of like used a little bit more of what the dual sense can do which is cool i'm all for more developers actually using that stuff but it reminded me more of like those games on nintendo 3ds that just like had 3d but didn't really need it didn't use like <laughs> and you're usually just like turn that off right like it was that it's that sort of inter- implementation where it's like yeah it's nice that they tried it but like i would like to see developers if they're gonna kind of talk it up like actually make it a little bit more involved that's all yeah honestly conti- the snoring was my favorite like the yeah the, the purring all of it was mm-hmm. yeah. the best. yeah the purring when you're sleeping is nice that's like a very fun sort of integration to it but uh yeah like the scratching i didn't think was like like i don't know just adding resistance to the triggers didn't like make it feel like scratching or anything it, it continues to be like a first party kind of thing right like first yeah. party exclusives where it's like ratchet it's like every five seconds you're getting reminded that in a good way that you know you're holding this like cool piece of tech right where yeah. it's like this is just right in line with any other like third party game like they're making it for pc as well and the game's also for ps4 and so it's just kind of like yep it's there's some stuff there but yeah but whatever. overall <laughs> a, a really fun uh surprisingly deep experience you know emotionally yeah. and i think like worldwide uh something that all of us who've beaten it really enjoy jada you're you're still planning to beat it you're enjoying it so far along the way as well oh yeah for sure yeah i'm excited to finish it i'll probably wrap it up tonight and then awesome. go back to tokyo jungle who knows <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> um, but yeah really recommend everyone going out as we said it's not a particularly long game as well so if you're a ps plus subscriber and you have it like go check it out you can easily beat it in a weekend even perhaps an mm-hmm. evening uh it i think it took most of us just around five hours or so to to beat it on the right. first way through and um, real real quickly on length yes. i will say because this was a topic that came up yeah uh i've reviewed a lot of short games i've reviewed a lot of annapurna short games even stray feels like a great length for what yes. it is yeah. and what it's doing it does not feel too short right it, no. it it just it it's just a good length for the game yeah, I, I just wanted to put that out there. I, yeah. I think five hours is it can be perceived as short and definitely is short for some other types of games like RPGs or whatever. Yeah. This doesn't feel like a short game. It's just a good length. No, it, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it totally feels like it, it tells a story it wants to. It explores what it wants to. I think obviously you can kind of see potential in exploring it more throughout it. But in sure. terms of like what they were going for here, I totally, yeah, it, it doesn't outstay its welcome and in fact encourages you to stay as long as you want to in its world like in, in right. that exploration and everything so yeah it's it's something go ahead mark it's got a lot of chapters which was kind of nice about it yeah. in, in in my like four and a half hours i i, I didn't count how many well and i don't want to spoil how many chapters are anyways but it's got a lot of chapters where each chapter is like kind of different it kind of has its like own theme and so it's kind of i think that's kind of how i like where i agree with tom is it's like 
I feel like it was a really good length because the chapters were the game was always giving you something different to do and right. there's a lot of that there was never a time where it's like you're just like man this is just kind of dragging on it was like the the moment you're tired of something it's over <laughs> right so it's like um that's the game's always propelling you uh to do something new and that that's what I liked about it yeah it's it's really smart about its pacing it's really a sweet beautiful game that we I, I think pretty wholeheartedly recommend you go check out and, and hope everyone out there enjoys um but yeah those are our thoughts on straight hope everyone out there who's jumped in already is enjoying it as well uh and and yeah if you've been playing let us know your thoughts right into beyond ign.com you can leave a comment of course on the youtube video uh version of this show but yeah let us know what you're thinking of stray uh, as the big sort of PS Plus, the first new PlayStation Plus debut day and date sort of release. I, I hope we get more like this. I think it's a really cool opportunity to get such a, a cool game out to so many people and, and hope we see that more in the future. Yeah, I'm uh, curious how many yeah. people are upgrading their PlayStation Pluses for that. I went to coffee with my friend this morning and I was like, are you going to get Stray? And he's like, mm, mm, yeah, maybe. And I was like, don't you have PlayStation Plus? And he's like, oh, I have the first tier. I, I don't know what it's called. Essential, maybe? Essential. And yes. uh and I was like, dude, just like upgrade because like even if you upgrade for like a month, you get stray, like it's kind of worth it. So I'm I'm curious how many people either like are canceled their pre-orders, maybe. Like I, I think the game <laughs> I think you could have pre-ordered it. So I wonder if anybody like canceled it or at least canceled their plans on buying it or upgraded their their service to be able to like, you know, essentially play it for free, as free as upgrading a service would be. <laughs> yeah, I believe it costs 30 normally and so you mm-hmm. can subscribe to a couple months of playstation plus for that very price and and get yep. this plus you know hundreds of other games yeah i am and curious if, go ahead if you already have essential how much does it cost to upgrade i wonder like it's gotta oh, be yeah. like a few dollars right probably not a ton yet at least for a single month um mm-hmm. but yeah i am curious if people out there feel like day and date releases like this would get you to subscribe more if it's something that you feel like needs to be there obviously first party not included but like third-party games indie games would a steady stream of day one releases is that something you're hoping for is that something you expect to be there after this being there on the first month sort of like what are your anticipations of that uh let us know in the comments or beyond at ign.com uh but moving on from there we do have some responses from people from last week uh from a prompt from mark but before we get there i do want to read a quick memory card story because it's a great one that i want to make sure we have time for and memory card is of course our weekly segment where you the viewers and listeners at home write in with your funny happy weird sad wacky whatever memories of your playstation and gaming life and we read them on the show you can send in yours to beyond at ign.com with the subject line memory card and we'll read them each week like we are from this week from glenn Glenn wrote in, said, longtime listener and fan, many moons ago when I was 15, I had a girlfriend and we both fell in love playing Jack and Daxter, the precursor legacy on my PS2. Um, She would come over to my house and we would spend hours laughing and trying to get through the game. Uh, Over the next three years, our love of gaming and each other grew and we spent many hours playing all the PS2 games we could get our hands on. Unfortunately, when I turned 18, I moved abroad uh, for an apprenticeship and she went to university in England and we drifted apart and I never saw her again. I'm now 35 and about a year ago after recently splitting up from a long-term relationship, I was invited to a friend's wedding. I was at the bar getting some drinks when I turned around and did a double take at a beautiful woman who stood near me. I said, hi, is that you? Uh, Foolishly. And she smiled and said, hi, Glenn. I was shocked and excited all at once. After discussing life and the meaning of the universe, I found out she was single, still loved gaming, and we both had a PS4 and PS5. 
We organized the catch-up slash date and ended up, amongst other things, playing It Takes Two. Since then, we have played games like Fortnite, Elden Ring, which I needed her help on for some bosses, and many more great co-op games together. We have now moved in together and and are greatly in love, and our love for gaming, amongst many other things, has brought back those fond memories of us together as teens, loving our PS2 and looking forward to great new games to play in our life together. Uh, We personally can't wait for God of War Ragnarok, of course. All the best and keep up the good work on the number one PlayStation and TV series podcast from Glenn. Uh, and I just uh, thought that was a sweet story of love of Jack and Daxter bringing people together through time. It's incredible. PlayStation, ever... uh, hit, hit this guy up and get the rights to the story and make a movie of this because this has rom-com <laughs> written all over it. Like, this needs to be a PlayStation movie. Like, Sony. Get if you ever needed to link Jack and Daxter and It Takes Two together, this is it. Yeah, this is the six degrees of It Takes Two and Jack and Daxter. Uh, but no, I thought it was a very sweet story. Uh, I appreciate, uh, Glenn, you sharing that story with us, and, and congrats to you both on on rekindling that romance. Hopefully, maybe you've gone back to Jack and Daxter and played the PS4 ports. I don't know. Uh, you know, just celebrate your love together, but congrats to, to you both on, on finding each other uh, once that, again, and thank you so much. That's a great story. When I was in high school, I went on a, I took someone on a first date to see the movie Juno, Ooh, which is great, like a great very movie. questionable first date movie. Yeah. And I wonder <laughs> if It Takes Two is the video game version of Juno in terms of first date games. I would, yeah, it's, uh... I would like respect to you and I'm glad it worked out and I'm glad you had fun, but I would not want to play that game on a first date. At the very least, they knew each other. It was sort of a yeah, re- but was, yes. It was a relationship a questionable already. One. Yeah. 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 What if we played this game about divorce? Yeah. <laughs> As yeah. our first yeah. date. I mean, to be uh, fair, he had just gone through a separation, so like maybe she had just as well, and so maybe it was it was cathartic. Let's yeah, it's good. It could have, yeah. No, Juno as a first date sounds awesome. Sounds like a great first date. Tom ate nothing but orange Tic Tacs for a year after that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to be clear, my choice was far worse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, speaking of, I guess right in with your first date, best choice movie or video game. What what is the best first date video game to play together? Yeah. Uh, Let us know at beyond at IGN.com, and I would love to read some of those on on a future episode. I can't wait to see what people write in. Yeah, and I need I need an explanation. You can't just name the game. I need to know why you think it's the best first date game to play together. God Award 2 for PS2. <laughs> the end. Um, anyway, thank you so much, Glenn, for writing in. If you want to write in with your memory card story, write in to beyond at IGN.com and we'll continue to read them uh, on the show. Thank you so much to everyone who's written as well. We have some fun ones to read coming up, some wonderful ones to read. Uh, but yeah, please keep sending those in. Uh, before we wrap up on things, I do want to briefly mention, as I said, uh, Mark, you you set the peon- the peon- the podcast beyond fan base a blaze i know question that was a mistake or no it wasn't a mistake no that we got some a, great answers that was a happy accident i'm still getting tweets every day yeah. uh, i love one of these will. where, where yeah. so, oh, the question was who has a ps5 and hasn't played last of us so they're going to play the the last of us remake and there's so many people that were just like i'm that person and i'm like there's <laughs> so many of you actually it sounds yeah, like yeah on, on that a, very day I'm a dummy for asking <laughs> well no we have some <laughs> some great responses to read but on that day yeah i got several people especially the day the the game went gold who were like yep i never got to play the original and this is where i'm gonna play it for the first time and and that is something great. a lot of people are looking forward to but yeah just to read a few uh that came into beyond at ign.com thank you to everyone who wrote in 
Uh, Sean said, I had a PS2, didn't get another PlayStation until the very end of the PS4 generation. In the interim, I had already heard the story thread from the game and had friends who spoiled the twist, so I didn't bother picking it up. I'll play the remastered version, but only when it's on sale. I assume they mean the remake version, but uh, yeah. Jay yeah. said, after hearing the latest episode, I want to give a short comment on that. I may be a four-leaf clover here, but I have never played The Last of Us or two, but I own both of them and also own them on both PS4 and PS5, uh, the ones released so far at least. Being a seasoned dad gamer uh, to uh, the dad of several gamers, uh, I just haven't found time to devote to this i have remained spoiler free on the overall storyline thus far how i've done that though is tough but i think i will finally dive in with uh this new version uh ps never finished uh the intro hold on series. hold on hold on yes you said yeah. being a seasoned dad gamer to spawned gamers why did you skip that it's such I a just, great I line did, I, was, <laughs> I, I just was reading i just went by it i apologize it's um, so funny <laughs> anyway also said never finished any of the uncharted series other than one uh, I play almost all Xbox and PlayStation major releases. Those just got away from me. Uh, my other biggest gaming shame is I have never played a, a Mass Effect game fully. But yes, I'm oh, a God. gamer. Well, <laughs> don't even get me started. That's the Last of Us and and your um, which one, Uncharted's before you dive into Mass Effect. You'll get yeah, through them in about the same length as this. Uncharted's Mass Effect, great. Yeah. Mass Effect, I very famously have never like. Uh, the only one I've played is Andromeda, and I I tried playing the remasters right. when they came out, and I got halfway through the first one and was very bored. Well, I played uh, the first one and couldn't <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't get I couldn't work up the the energy to play two or three after platinum the first one. So I'm going yeah, to eventually, uh, but I it's didn't just platinum anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Frank also said just a quick one to say that I am the guy that Mark is talking about. Uh, made me laugh while listening to the podcast earlier, and I had to write in. I've been a massive PlayStation fan since I was a kid, and always try to get the new generation of console uh, early. I was lucky enough to secure a PS5 pre-order from my local game store. And I've previously tried to get into TLU, but it never clicked with me. Tried on PS3 and lasted about an hour before I got bored with it. Tried again on PS4 and quickly gave up again. Maybe this new PS5 version will be the one. Always felt like I've been the odd one out uh, of every gamer seems to love the game, but I've never felt it. Just thought I'd let you know there is at least one big PlayStation fan that hasn't played The Last of Us. And I think, you know, speaking to that, that that's just the reality. Not every game is for everyone, even something that you hear is very well acclaimed like i think you know just yep. speaking to that a second ago with mentioning mass effect not mm -hmm. everyone on the panel loves mass effect but it's a beloved game franchise and this you know don't ever feel bad that you don't love the game that other people love that's the whole point and great thing about there heard, being so many games i've never heard anyone say they like mass effect right oh, god yeah, definitely no oh, one that's gonna, made up. that's gonna be in the comment <laughs> section <laughs> that's that's clipped out of the show um don't but you dare yeah red <laughs> uh thank you to everyone who wrote in and responded and put mark in his place and proved him wrong um yep. but yeah no we appreciate everyone writing in about that i think yeah definitely let us know your thoughts on on sort of the ps plus side of things and uh your i genuinely want them your first date best video game choices um <laughs> what have i done with that said though i uh, just to briefly wrap up uh if anyone has recommendations quickly we did get a question in from callum who wrote into beyond ign.com and said hey guys i'm callum from the uk love the podcast i was lucky enough to get a ps5 day one and i love it i play most genres of games however one that seems quite daunting to get into for me is rpgs i love open world games and story or combat focused games i was wondering if you could help me out and ease me into the world of rpgs by recommending me your favorites uh obviously this is a very big question it's especially because most games these days have RPG elements to them. To a certain degree, Callum, chances are, if you've played 
many open world games or even combat focused games you've played something that's a bit rpg-ish so you've already got a head start but i mean just like in general someone thinking of getting into rpgs does anyone have something off the top of their head jada you're you're doing a real big thinking face do you have a a thought yeah i mean there's so many that you can jump into um i would say right off the bat uh probably final fantasy 7 remake i feel like that's a really good place to start it's got that kind of more actiony um focus it's got a great story great graphics and it's got a you know it's got a whole history behind it we've got two more games to that are coming out to look forward to so that's a good place to start um if you want something a little bit more slower paced turn-based uh fi- go with the final fantasy 10 um and 10 to remaster that's a- another great place to start in the final fantasy um history of games um and if you want something that's more actiony fast paced uh tales of arise i'm playing that mm. and that is a lot of fun it's a really good um Hebrew system as well as and persona 5 i can't not mention persona 5 but i'm sure tom and jonathan will talk more about that one <laughs> tom you're, you're you're deep in thought as well is there anything obviously of course we can talk about persona but anything else that comes to mind for you persona 5 is the one i was going to recommend for turn-based for sure um it's tricky because the word rpg is so wide Right? Yeah. Like, I would highly recommend if you're looking for a Western RPG, either, literally either of the Divinity Original Sin games, I think are really good and pretty accessible entry points into that genre um, of like the top down Western RPGs. I think those are on console. I think I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I played two on PS4. Yeah. Uh, and I would ag- <laughs> I would agree with Final Fantasy VII Remake if you're looking for more action-focused JRPG kind of style, but also I don't necessarily know if I would consider that a good entry point if the reason you're put off by RPGs is story stuff. Mm. Because I think that that is a very hard entry point if you have never played a JRPG before, story-wise specifically. Gameplay-wise, yes. I think it is a phenomenal entry point. But yeah, so de- it, depending just to, depending on what is keeping you away from it or what feels daunting, that's that's the only thing I'd say on that. Yeah, totally. Mark, anything from your end come to mind? No, I yeah. All right, RPGs are <laughs> RPGs are such that's so broad, right? Like Persona, Divinity, and Assassin's Creed. Valhalla are all RPGs, right? Like they're, they're, they're basically the same so, game. It's yeah, so it's all like identical. It's so like it's such a broad term, right? So uh no, just well, whatever they said this one. That that's why I think Callum, like, don't be dissuaded from jumping into RPGs, especially if you've played one of the recent assessments. It sounds Creed. like it sounds like he wants what they're recommending right when somebody yes yeah because like you said if he's playing a video game there's a good chance he's playing an rpg right and so it's like because it's just like that's just how it is right and so it's like i think he's looking for something kind of like that more into the genre yeah yeah exactly um live alive comes out soon but you said ps5 so that doesn't really count but like that's like ultra rpg but i think all those recommendations work really great yeah i will of course always put the recommendation behind persona 5 royal which is uh, i guess the ps5 version of it is quote unquote coming out uh in october as well but you can play the ps4 version and it's still great uh and then go listen to take your time while you're at it while you play um but uh yeah persona 5 royal is a really really great one if you're looking for a turn-based one i've i've never played it but i've also heard great things about dragon quest 11 
Yes, um, yeah. that's another amazing one for turn-based. Yes, yeah. highly recommend I, Dragon Quest Eleven. I've always been meaning to get to that one, and Tales of Arise as well. I, I've, I've heard great uh, stuff about that too. But yeah, there's definitely, if you look at sort of like the Square Enix side of things, you probably will find a few pretty good options there, Square and Atlas and whatnot. Um, and if you just want to jump into the deep end and go buck wild, Valkyria Chronicles 4. <laughs> you do love that one. Yeah, I, I love the Valkyria Chronicles games. Yeah. Are they all available on modern console or no? I think it's I just one and four, right? One and four, two and three, I believe, are PSP games. Three, I'm not even sure if it has a Western release. I've always been fuzzy on that. Okay, cool. But um, four, four is four is the most accessible point at this point mm-hmm. if you're brand new to it and just want to like play a game because they're disconnected to each other except for the overarching plot. Gotcha. Uh, and I also think I, most of the series, I think some of them are on PlayStation, but the Trails series is also a really beloved yeah. one. I think that's like, if you really want to get into hardcore uh, RPG territory, we do have a wonderful guide on IGN of how to get into the Trails series by uh, Justin Davis wrote that if you're if you're interested in jumping into that one. But yeah, there's a lot of really great ground to go into if you want something a little bit more RPG focused than probably some of the stuff you've played. But Hopefully that leaves you with a with a few games to try out and definitely let us know what you enjoy, uh, Callum, if and when you play them. But yeah, if you have a question you would like to ask the panel, write into beyond at IGN.com as well, and we'll answer them on the show when we can. But uh, that's going to pretty much do it for us on this week's episode. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, Mark, anything you want to plug? I know you've been working on some fun stray stuff, but that and, yep. and anything else you want to talk about? No, just stray stuff. Everybody's going to Comic-Con, so I'm just like video editor person. That's why I'm just <laughs> editing reviews and I'm working on another review tomorrow. And so, um, yeah, stray stuff and then nothing personally for me probably for the rest of the week. So, yeah. Yay. Stray. Cool. Enjoy. Uh, Jada, anything you want to shout out? Before- uh, we still have our uh, photo mode is still up and accepting submissions. So it's a uh, flame on is the is the theme. Uh, send us those best fiery photos. Um, we've got a lot of people who've already submitted. I'm excited to build the next uh, slideshow hi- highlighting all of our community sending in their photos. Awesome. And that's yeah, on there's... IGN.com. Yes. And yeah, there have been some amazing contributions to the past one. So if you're a listener and, and want to submit yours, go ahead and do that because it, it's really great to see all of the amazing uh, virtual photography that happens. Uh, Tom, anything else on your end? Obviously, the Stray Review, everyone should go check out. Anything else you want to shout out? We already talked about that, so instead I will recommend... This game isn't on PlayStation, but I would be shocked if it doesn't come to PlayStation at some point. Uh, uh, Go read Simon Carty's review of Power Wash Simulator, because (laughs) his title for it is Good Clean Fun, and if that doesn't sell you, I don't know what will. It's always good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, anytime Simon reviews a game, you're in for a good time. Um, well, yeah, with that said, I also want to shout out, uh, between episodes on last Friday, I put up my latest art of the level. Uh, this is on Returnal's Derelict Citadel. If you haven't played Returnal, don't watch it. I know that's a weird <laughs> introduction, but don't watch it because it's very spoiler focused. It's very focused on a major story beat in the game. Don't do that. But if you have played Returnal, if you've beaten the Derelict Citadel, uh, please go watch it. Please go check it out. Obviously, I know a lot of uh, newcomers to the game happened with it coming to PS Plus uh, and that revival this month. Uh, but this was a really wonderful uh, video doc to put together with uh, some of the housework team. We did four interviews with that team and, and they gave us some, you know, really great stories about how that level came together, story choices, gameplay choices, mechanical stuff. Uh, Another wonderful video edit from Pat Coughlin, who is uh, our wonderful video editor for that series in general. Uh, Just a really, really uh, great 
couple of interviews I was I was fortunate enough to do, and I hope you go check out the final video. And if you enjoy that series, I have a few other PlayStation-related are the levels on some other very big PlayStation games coming soon. Uh, the, the, the videos are coming soon, not that the games are coming soon. They're older PlayStation games. Uh, but I hope you'll check them out, and I hope you'll enjoy them, because they're a lot of fun to put together. Uh, but with that said, that's going to wrap us up for this week's episode of Beyond. Thank you, Mark, Jada, and Tom, for joining me on this week's episode. You can find us all on Twitter. I'm at JM Dornbush. Mark is at Mark underscore Medina. Jada is at Jada underscore Rena. And Tom is at Tom R. Marks. Thank you to Red, our producer, as always, for making the show happen and making all that incredible B-roll happen behind the scenes. And of course, thank you to everyone out there for listening and watching. We hope you're doing well. We hope you're staying safe. And as always, Beyond. 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 Hi, my name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And I am Kristen Russo. And together, we run Buffering, a rewatch adventure, a family of podcasts moving through our favorite 90s genre television. If you're a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, well, great news for you. Our very first podcast adventure took us through all seven seasons of the series. We covered it spoiler-free, episode by episode. For those of you who want to start the show for the first time, you can find that podcast pretty easily. It's called Buffering the Vampire Slayer. Inside that podcast, you'll also find an original song that pairs with each glorious episode of Buffy and original character jingles for so many of our Buffy favorites. Buffering has been praised in places like Time, Esquire, Paste Magazine, and the New York Times, and we've chatted with dozens of cast members, writers, directors, and fans along the way. Come hang out and rewatch some of your favorite television with us and a wonderful community of listeners. Learn more at BufferingCast.com or find us on socials at BufferingCast.